Just for the next few minutes, I want to talk to you specifically about God with us to bring the light. Talking about an idea between light and darkness. This is something that we all have experience with in a very practical way. We've got experience between light and darkness every single day. I mean, we walk in the light, we walk also in the darkness, just very practically speaking. Sometimes when we try to walk in the darkness, we end up stubbing our toe, or you have familiarity with with these sorts of things, knocking something over, somebody jumping out to scare you on purpose in the dark. My, perhaps one of my strongest recollections of an experience in the dark was a time when I was in the garage and wanting to get a light on. It was pitch black, I was in bare feet, the cold cement floor, it was just one of those lights that had the little pull chain on it, so you had to make it to the light to turn it on and I was in there and there were boxes piled here and there and so I'm kind of inching my way between the boxes trying to get to the light where I knew that it was and while I'm on my way there I feel something squish between my toes. I had no idea what it was. I went and I got the light turned on and I came back and looked. It was I had stepped on some newborn mice. Exactly. That's exactly what exactly what I thought. Apparently the mouse thought that the rag that had fallen on the floor behind the boxes would be a nice place for a nest. Those little things were like no bigger than two knuckles of your pinky finger. I haven't been able to eat little Smokies ever since. (laughs) In fact, I can't step in bare feet on cement any longer without that image flooding back through my mind. So, We are all vulnerable to the darkness is what we're thinking about here today. Sometimes it's just sort of in a practical sort of way like what what I've just described to you, something that might happen in a garage in the dark, but other times it's much more significant than that. Other times the darkness that we come to experience is something that infects us and challenges every step that we move forward. I don't know how you consume your news, but if you watch it on television, if you read it on your Twitter feed, wherever it is that you go, or even if you just look around you today, you can see darkness almost everywhere that you look. You can see it in the abuse that you hear about on television or the trafficking that is getting reported or the evil or the sin or the problems and the pain. And we look at it all, and I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes it can be kind of discouraging. And we wish that there might be something that would be different. We wish that it might change, but as we just look at it day after day after day, and we hear the reports day after day after day, it's like darkness seems to be winning. It seems like there's hardly a way that we're going to see a stop to it, let alone see something turn around in the culture, in hearts and minds that might move us in a different direction. And then, when we get, then we get to the place where it's not just what we see happening around us. It's we come to recognize that there's a darkness within us. We end up saying, perhaps like the Apostle Paul, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I know that I should. And we get to that place, and we get discouraged. And I often think, wouldn't it be Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could get around that? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was a way for us to experience light rather than darkness, to experience hope instead of discouragement and despair? Today I'm here to tell you that there is. That there is a reason to have hope. There is a reason to have an outlook toward the future that might 
lead us to some desire to move into that future instead of hanging back or finding something else or just avoiding it altogether. That hope comes ultimately through God with us because God came to bring the light. And what I want to make sure that we understand as we go is a very simple principle that is this. It's actually a key truth. It's there in your bulletin. When you reject the light, or excuse me, when you reflect the light, you reject the dark. When you reflect the light, you reject the dark. It sounds simple, but yet at the same time, it's very deep and difficult. And so what I want to do in just the next few moments that we have together is I want to take a look at this idea to understand how it is that we might be able to find a better future rather than the one that all of us seem to somehow get swirled into that feels so discouraging. And that might leave us just a bit despondent. Now, if we're going to get there, there are a couple of realities that we need to consider. And the first of those realities is the lure of the darkness. The lure of the darkness. Darkness is a very real thing. There's no doubt about that. Somebody last night came up after the sermon and they said, man, when you started talking about light and darkness, I was sure that this was going to be a sermon about Star Wars. Because that deals with that theme, certainly, doesn't it? How many of you are going to be at the premiere or at the opening night on Friday for Star Wars? All right. There's a bunch of you who are actually going to be there. It's pretty hard to miss that it's actually coming up. You see it everywhere, all the commercials. I went to a Penguins game the other night, and it was Star Wars night. So we're walking to the stadium, right? And uh, there are stormtroopers on the city streets of Pittsburgh. Looked kind of strange. I was actually standing in line for the bathroom behind Obi-Wan Kenobi and in front of Chewbacca. It was, it was just a strange sort of experience. But that actually is one of the places where you see this light and darkness carried out against one another and the battle that goes on between them. And in those movies, it oftentimes look like, looks like darkness is going to win the day. And it feels very much the same. It seems like darkness is in control oftentimes because there is a lure toward that darkness. We see it. We've experienced it. Now, of course, when we talk about darkness, just to make sure that we're all in the same plane in, a, in this sort of context or in this sort of a biblical context, we're talking about it as a symbol of evil and a symbol of unrighteousness, a symbol of sin, a symbol of death and so forth. It's the opposite of what is good and pure and righteous. And as such, you would think that we would be inclined to avoid the darkness, wouldn't you? You'd think that we would run the other direction, that we would always be running toward the light, but your experience and mine will tell us all that we don't always run away from the darkness. In fact, oftentimes we run to it. And when we find ourselves in the darkness, sometimes we choose to linger right there. Jesus told us that this is a reality for us. In fact, here's the way that he said it. He says, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world. God has come into the world as the light. But people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. If there are evil, selfish, sinful deeds in your life, it only makes sense that you would gravitate toward the darkness. Now you might say, whoa, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. Why would I want to gravitate toward the darkness if I'm already experiencing sin, well, that's why, because you are already experiencing sin and living in that darkness. And it actually feels better oftentimes to stay in the darkness while we're there instead of 
dabble in the light because the light is something that is going to bring us conviction upon the way that it is that we're living. So the reality is when we're living according to sin, where we're living and holding on to the darkness, we aren't interested in praying. We're not interested in reading the Bible because that's the light of Christ. And as we allow the light to shine on our darkness, we realize just how far away from God we really are. And it brings pain and it brings hopelessness sometimes into us just because we see how far away that we are. And so our inclination is to live in the dark and stay in the dark because then I'm not going to feel guilty about the fact that I'm there. See, there's this certain companionship of darkness where we walk into it and then we choose to continue to live there because it's just something then that we don't have to deal with where it is that we've, where it is that we've put ourselves And sometimes that companionship of darkness actually comes through another person who you're walking in the dark with. And you might think, well, this is a person who is in my corner. This is a person who wants the best for me, someone I've come into companionship with. And it might seem that way on the surface, but really on the bottom line, it's not like that at all. Because there's no win for a person that you're walking in darkness with to see you come into the light. In fact, they would love for you to stay in the darkness because if you move into the light, now it just highlights the fact that they're stuck in the darkness. As you transitioned into the light, the light probably shined a bit on them and made their own guilt greater. And it works the same in the reverse. The same for you too. If you're living in the darkness, you have people who are around you who you are participating in darkness with. And really, you don't want them to get out. You want to be able to just sort of stay there together and you need to ask yourself, where are these circumstances in my life? Do I have companions of darkness in my life? Who are they? What are they doing? Are they really interested in my well-being? If they were, then they would be trying to promote me getting out of the darkness and into the light, but that's really not the direction that it's going, I'm guessing, for most of us here. Now we also know and we understand the fact that there is this sinful nature that we have been made with, that we have been created with that tempts us to look at sin and darkness and to pursue those sorts of things and go in that direction and we sort of throw up our hands and say, well see, so it's not my fault, but that's not the case. We aren't stuck to go toward the darkness. Why not? Because God came as the light. Because he came to break the power of sin and death and darkness so that we might have hope. It's just a matter of whether or not we are going to be willing to go ahead and pursue it and walk in the light. It's far from inevitable that we'd end up in the darkness. God actually, when he came through Jesus, inclined our heart toward good. When he came and met us in our place where we were and drew us to him, he started to incline our heart in a direction that could pursue and choose good instead of evil. James, Jesus' brother, makes that point when he writes this. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Moving toward the darkness or lingering there is a choice that we make for ourselves, which means that the responsibility then is ours. And if we're going to ever find any sort of victory in this realm of our life, we need to start by acknowledging that there's a lure of the darkness that is trying to pull us there. There are forces in this world that would love nothing more than for you to get trapped in the darkness and destroyed while you're there. There's a lure that takes us 
there. But that's not where this story ends, praise Jesus. There's a lure of the darkness, but there is also the cure of the light. The cure of the light. The love of God for us was just too great to leave us stuck where we were. And Jesus' solution was to come to this earth to defeat the power of death and darkness. That's the cure of the light. In John 1 that we have talked about before, we see that Jesus came and took on human flesh and made his dwelling among us. Well, in that same passage, we are also told this about him. In him was life. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. Elsewhere, John goes on to make that point even stronger when he uses these words. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. John's just pointing out that the light of God with us sets us up for victory over sin. See what it says here? If we walk in the light. That means that we're not slaves to darkness. It means that we can make the choice for the cure. We can make the choice for light instead of darkness. It's ours. But the question then probably runs through your mind as it does through mine. Then how do you walk in the light? All right, it's one thing to say walk in the light. Well, that sounds kind of weird, right? How do you walk in the light? Well, it's not that difficult. Walking in the light is simply making a choice for obedience to God's will in his word. That's all it is. He came to be the light. Remember what we're saying? That when we reflect the light, his light, then we reject the dark. It's that simple, really. It's choosing what's right and good and kind. It's not enough to just know what is right. You see, we need to do it. In that passage that we looked at, what John is telling us is that there are people who are suggesting that they are doing well, that they are walking in the light, that they are living right and just lives, but they're really walking in the darkness. He says they're liars. And we need to do some self-examination because oftentimes in church, it's one of the easiest places to claim the light while living in the darkness. We need to ask ourselves individually, where are we in that regard? Are there areas where I'm pretending that I'm something that I'm not? Jesus came as the light so we might genuinely live there, not just pretend to live there. And just as John calls those a liar who are suggesting one thing is true and another is, that would be the same label that we would all be given. Remember, when you reflect the light, you reject the dark. When you take on the attributes of Christ, his love and his grace and his compassion, and we tend and we reflect those out, we return those out in the way that we live, we're going to reject the dark. The flip side is also true. If you reject the light, you're reflecting the dark. And what it is that you're giving off is the darkness of the world around us. You're having an influence on other people through your darkness. By walking in that direction, you're saying to others, by extension, it's okay to be here. It's okay to live here. This is a fine choice for us all to make. Yeah, I go to church and I make that choice. Why wouldn't you want to make it too? That's what we're giving off. You reject the light. Or you, reflect, you reject the light, you reflect the dark. 
So the reality, my friend, is that you're not in the dark against your will. The dark that you're walking in is a, dark that you've, a darkness that you've chosen. And just as you've chosen to be in it, you can choose to be out of it because the choices we make have a correlation. They have a response. Things happen for a reason. I know of one lady who started to feed a kitten on her doorstep. A couple weeks later, she opened up her door to this. She says, I have no idea how that happened. Well, you should have an idea. You set it in place because the decisions that we make have consequences, right? Things happen for a reason. You're not in the dark against your will. You're there because you've made that choice. And we see this play out very much so on this level that we live in day by day by day. We have choices to make and we make those choices and they lead us one direction or they lead us another. But this whole idea, this battle between light and darkness is played out on an even deeper level. When Jesus came, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Will never walk in darkness. Now, that does not mean, as we've been talking about here, that we'll never again make the wrong choice. We'll never again choose sin. That's not what it's talking about because the, the concept of light and darkness that we find in the scriptures deals certainly on a temporal level with what am I going to decide today, but it also deals on an eternal level. And it's speaking to what is my ultimate outcome going to be. And that's the way that it's spoken of here. Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness for eternity. Whoever follows me, whoever chooses to put their trust and their hope in me, whoever gives their lives over to me, they will never face eternal darkness. It's interesting that in the scriptures in several places it refers to hell itself as the outer darkness. Jesus says that can be overcome, that you never need to fear that darkness is your ultimate outcome, that the eternal darkness is your outcome. Why do you not have to fear that? Because Jesus came to be God with us, to bring us the light that we might have it, that we might live in it. That's his promise to us. That's why John says this, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. He's talking about eternal life there. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The truth is the darkness cannot overcome the light of Jesus Christ. And it can't overcome it in your life Your life cannot be overcome by that ultimate darkness once you have put yourself in the hands of the light itself. That's why Jesus came, that we might experience that hope, that we might experience that blessing. Remember, when you reflect the light, you reject the dark. That's true on a temporal, day-to-day level, and it's also true for all eternity. Would you bow your heads with me? You might be here today and you're recognizing that darkness is something that very much characterizes who you are, not just on a day-to-day basis, 
but that there is, or there never has been, a turning from the darkness of the sin that's in your heart over to the light of Christ. You've never said to Jesus, thank you for coming into this world for bringing the light. I want to live in the light. I want to live according to your plan, according to your purpose. Take the darkness away. Now can be that moment for you. You can simply confess your sin. In fact, if, that's what, if you want to transition from the darkness to the light today, friend, you might just pray something like this quietly right where you're sitting. Dear God, thank you for the light of Jesus. Thank you that he loved me so much that he came into this world to die for my sin, to take it out of the way, to die so that I did not have to live in darkness any longer. Today I come and I ask that the light of Christ would be my reality. I confess my sin. I ask you for your forgiveness. Send the light. Transform me, change me, now and forever. You might be here today and you might say, well, I, I know the light. I've come to know the light. I've lived in the light. But today you acknowledge that the darkness is a very real reality in your heart, in your life, in your actions, that you're giving in to sin. You're giving in to that which is not right, that which is not just. You're giving in to addiction. You're giving in to problem. You're giving in to whatever it is that has grabbed a hold of your heart in your life. And for now is the day to let go of that darkness. Whatever that means for the relationships that you have been in, the people that have been moving you in the direction of darkness, you need to find freedom from that. Whatever those circumstances, those sins are, you would walk toward the light. We would love to help you with that, as would God. You can simply pray and ask that God would give you the courage and the boldness to move forward. Father, thank you for the conviction of the light that shines. Lord, I pray that we would not be afraid of the light, that we not be afraid of what it might reveal in us because we recognize that when the light shines, even though it might cause us to have difficulty adjusting to it right at the start as it does even as we wake from sleep, that we'd be willing to take those steps to experience that conviction that comes because we recognize through it we move to the light. We live where you desire us to be and we experience the cure that you have offered because of Jesus, because of his goodness, because of his love that he came to be God with us to transform our hearts once and for all. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.